All right. Let me just say that if you have not been able to, um, catching up on the last one or two messages um, might be a good idea. I, I don't say that a lot. It's always a good idea to keep up. But um, these, these uh, several messages in, in chapter 4 of Luke have all kind of intertwined together in a, in a special kind of way. And, and this morning we're going to culminate um, that Jesus was, was born. We, we've gone through that. And um, he was uh, preceded by John the Baptist. And we've gone through that. And then we saw his call and what he was to be. And then we saw him taken out and, and, and go through temptation, face Satan on his own. And then he preached uh, his first sermon. And uh, this week we're going to uh, we're going to talk about a word. Uh, we're going to talk about authority. All right. But these last couple sermons, uh, the, the temptation and, and his first message and today, are all about ramping up for his going out. Does that make sense? It is, it is stories that are preparing us to see and to hear and to understand and to believe in all that he is going to do. He faced Satan, and he won. He preached, and people listened. He took on topics nobody wants to hear last week, and takes care of them without fear and with authority. And when people come after him, he simply walks through the crowd and goes on to the next thing. All right? This morning, we're going to talk a little bit about authority, but as always, let us read first. We're in Luke chapter 4. We're going to get 31 through 44 done today. He went down to Capernaum where he did a lot of ministry. All right, Capernaum is uh, going to be central to the ministry of Jesus while he's alive. And on the Sabbath, he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his words carried authority. They were amazed at his teaching. Why? Because his words carry authority. So the amazingness in the teaching has nothing to do with the words, but the authority behind those words. The words are important, but they do not become magnified. They do not become glorified. They do not become, uh, they do not come with the wholeness and the fullness and the, the power unless they come with authority, okay? In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon. An impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Calls him by name. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demons threw the man down before them, and they all came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What? words these are with authority and power he gives orders to impure spirits and they come out and the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area jesus left the synagogue went to the home of simon now simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they asked jesus <coughs> if he might help her so he bent over her and rebuked the fever he bent over her 
rebuked the fever, and it left. And she began to wait on them at sunset. The people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of people shouting, you are the son of God, but he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Messiah. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place and the people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that's why I was sent. I wasn't sent to stay. I was, wasn't sent to sit ye here for. I was sent to go ye there for. And he kept on preaching in the synagogue. All right? Today is all about authority. And we're going to look at the three ways Jesus shows and or displays his ability to do and be all he is going to do and be throughout his ministry, all right? This is the final setup. This is the final showcase of not displaying the glory or majesty in an arrogant form. That's, that's not the case. When you are God, <laughs> there is a different thing about you, all right? It's not as if you can say, um, I'm perfect and be lying, all right? You God, okay? So there's a completely different perspective here, all right? But Jesus is trying to march this line between son of God and son of man, but never march a line between what you think I ought to be and what I'm called to be. It's only what God says I am and what God says I am to do, all right? So he goes into Capernaum, and the people were amazed because his words had authority. Do you remember even last week when he was in his hometown, when he read from the scrolls of Isaiah, the people looked at each other, and they were like, can you... Can you even fathom the, the way that he talks about this, the way that he speaks about these things? It feels as if what? It feels like he, he knows. It feels like he understands. And guess what? He does. He was and is and is to come. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. When I read the stories of Isaiah, I don't tell them as one who heard them from the past. I don't speak as 15th down the line. I was there. So his words carry authority. The first thing you need to understand this, this morning is Jesus has an authority over the word. Not only does Jesus have an authority over the word, Jesus completely understands and comprehends the word in a way you nor I can fathom, not because he has learned the word or read the word or sent the word, but because, church, he is the word, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The, the, the idea that, that 400, 800, thousands of years ago, there were formative things that occurred physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, things that were spoken, that were culminated, not just in the prophecies coming true, but in an individual. It's mind-boggling. 
and beautiful all at the same time. And the comprehension of that fact, listen to me, the comprehension of that fact in whatever way my feeble mind can comprehend it is what gives me authority. Does that make sense to you? I don't have authority because somebody paid me to move here. I don't have authority because Todd Mills and Spencer Hibschman and two or three other people on a committee, Randy Neal, decided that I ought to be here. That makes me the pastor here. That doesn't give me authority. Knowing Jesus, all right, gives me some authority, all right? Believing in Jesus, all right, it grants me a, a little bit more authority. Be careful with that one. Even the demons believe and tremble. But comprehending, believing, and then putting my faith in him and having that faith built over the course of time and comprehending things like not speaking the word but being the word and adding those nuggets one over another in a way that it becomes so real is where authority comes from in the same way that Jesus wasn't just talking about. He was. His authority over the word and that authority brings truth in teaching and preaching. This is why his ministry matters. Because for the first time in the history of the world, a man spoke without possibility of untruth. Think about that for a minute. Now, Craig, are you questioning the authority of Isaiah? I'm not. I believe that the prophets spoke as God spoke to them and shared that with the people. I also believe that we saw prophets rise and prophets fall. We saw prophets say wonderful things and prophets say very mean things. All right, Jonah was a prophet. He was also a poo head. For the first time in the history of the planet, an individual spoke in a realm of truth unfathomable to human beings because he was truth. He couldn't be anything but truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. His truth and teaching and preaching carried authority. Now, before we go any further, this was in the first verse. I want to do something for you. Let's look at what authority is. Because I find authority, authority always wins, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> I so wanted that song to come on right about the time I said the word authority just for fun. All right, but, you know. The power or right to, to give orders, make decisions, or enforce obedience. A person or organization having power or control in particular, typically political or administrative spheres, okay? That is the Merriam-Webster, the, um, um, you know, whatever dictionary you use, Google, Wikipedia, that is the uh, dictionary definition of the word authority, all right? Now, in the scriptures, the word authority as it's used when it comes to the power of God granted one, all right, to, to, to speak with authority, that word I've taught you before, all right? All exousia, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. 
So go ye therefore, all right? It's right before the Great Commission. When Jesus was commissioned, all exousia was given to him. Now, when people heard the word exousia, and you're going to hear this over and over again because you need to understand it, they would think a power taken by force. When they heard the word authority, their picture in their mind came Roman soldiers marching, Caesar, an authority that is dictated over, an authority that is stolen from, from you. You obey by demand, all right? But the authority that God grants is different. A biblical authority, an exousia, listen to this, I love this, is a conferred power. Mm. If you know what conferred is, a conferred power. My power I grant, I, I pour into you, I, I, I give into your tank. I confer, I delegate authorization to you. I operate within the jurisdiction of something more. Mm. My, my kingdom is not of this world. It refers to the authority God gives to the saints, authorizing them to act, listen, to the extent they're guided by faith. That's why I said, I can hear the word and believe, I can believe the word and more, but my faith and the power that that faith grants me, not because I'm deserving, but it's what happens when you hook in. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, stay connected to me, you will bear much fruit, not because there is fruit within you, but because I provide the fruit to the Spirit, and it flows out of you. Come on! That is authority. And it's got to show if you know. It's got to show Jesus has authority over the word. He can preach and teach with an absolute truth. All right? Better believe it. Next, in the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon. Listen, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? He shows up, and the demons know who he is. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, twice we're going to find that Jesus does something exactly the same. And you need to learn from this. This is a harsh truth that I'm about to teach you. Listen very closely. The spirits name him. Now, you remember when I said there was going to be this, this contrast a couple weeks ago uh, uh, when, 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 when he told them he was the Messiah, and I said, and then later he's going to try to keep the secret, all right? There's multiple reasons for this, and they don't contradict one another. He knew that once he preached the gospel true and not the gospel that it always, we call it tickling their ears, blowing sunshine, he knew they weren't going to buy into it anyway. So it was like telling somebody knowing they were going to forget. Now, this time, the spirits do it, and he tells them to be quiet. Now, he could be quiet, trying to keep a secret, but that's not what's going on here. I want you to listen. Jesus tells the spirits to be quiet, listen, because no matter how real their testimony, he doesn't want their testimony. No matter the truth with which they speak their words, their lives and their actions are everything opposite who he is. And so to bear testimony to his name, but not live as under the spirit of God, but under the spirit of the devil, is an absolute hypocrisy. Come on. 
I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other, but because you are neither cold nor hot, I am about to vomit you from my mouth. And people don't like when I preach that Jesus says, you don't get to live in the middle, it's hot or not. And then I say that hot is fully for Jesus and not is completely ignoring him. Not is never accepting him. Not is saying you don't know him. Craig, you'd rather somebody say they don't know him than get to heaven and live halfway? You bet your bottom dollar I would. Why? Because you're costing the kingdom. You are like a demon who cries out his name. Heaven on Sundays, hell Monday through Friday. And people won't come to Jesus because of your testimony. I'm too old for this. <laughs> Jesus told him to be quiet because he didn't want their testimony. Power over them is easy. Teaching the people the truth, that's harder. The demon threw down before coming out without injuring him. What do we know next? All the people were amazed and said to each other, what words these are with authority. He gives impure spirits orders and they come out. Part two, Jesus has authority over demons. Now I want to be very clear here. Very clear so that I don't offend someone. When we're talking about the authority that Jesus has over the demons, all right, we are talking about a multitude of things that are even beyond yours or my understanding, okay? But they are things. Remember when Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your center, your, 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 your phroni, and your soul, and your mind, and your strength? It was a, it was a love me mentally, love me emotionally. Love me psychologically and love me physically, right? Jesus has authority over the demons, over the darkness, over the depths of that which hurts our minds and our spirits. You better claim that. Listen closely. Jesus has authority over suicidal tendencies. Jesus has authority over hopelessness. Jesus has authority over addiction. And addiction is a mind and a body thing. It is not unreal. It's why alcoholics learn that if they've had not had a drink for 50 years, they're still what? They're still an alcoholic. They're just not a practicing one. We could go a long way with that, but I don't have time today. But you better hold on to that truth right there. We're always... We're always going to be sinful by nature. We are sinful by nature. We are saved by grace, covered by the Lamb, and choose daily to walk and talk with Him. Jesus has authority over the spirits. He has authority over the demons. So your anxiety, don't hear me say for a moment that I believe that alone any of us can conquer the demon of stress. 
don't, don't hear me say that I think if you pray hard enough, you will overcome your depression. That is not what I'm teaching here anymore that I teach the prosperity gospel. What I am saying is my Jesus has authority and power over your anxiety, over my depression, over your hopelessness. And if there are a community and there are people praying and the right things are done and the ways are followed, then if it be God's will, they will come out and you will walk away unharmed. I believe that that can happen. I'm just not God. And so I don't get to choose and neither do you. But if you don't believe he has the authority, we've already lost. Okay? Authority over demons is this. Jesus has power to teach and preach the scriptures, and he has ultimate authority over the things of the spirit and the mind. I told you he was setting up for a powerful ministry. You just have to find it. Let's read what happens next. The news about him spread throughout the area. Jesus left the synagogue and went to Simon. He's had, he's had a day already, right? He's had a day already. Gets to Simon's house. Mother-in-law is going to cook him up some grub, going to serve them. They're going to sit and get off their feet. They're going to recline on the triclinium. That's the, the couches and the tables. They're just going to talk, and they're going to eat. And they get there, and she has been overwhelmed by a fever. She's really bad. And they, they, don't, they don't force. They don't make. They, don't, they simply say, Jesus, would, would you mind? And Jesus kneels over her, and listen, he doesn't talk about what she did right, doesn't talk about what she did wrong, doesn't make arrangements about her being Peter's mother-in-law, her, her having some connection to the crowd. He doesn't do any of that. What does he address? He addresses the fever. It's important. And it left her. My Jesus has authority over disease. Again, I wish that there were a manual, not Emmanuel. There is one of him. I wish there were a space manual that gave pastors, Pentecostals, and Baptists some ideology that explained all of the supernatural. I wish there was a way for me to, to verbalize and articulate my feelings about things like prophecy and things like tongues and things like healing and things like uh, slain in the spirit and all of these things. All right? I wish there was some roadmap to how all of that works. And I wish there was a way that new believers and old believers and, and, and Pentecostal believers and good Southern Baptist believers didn't get lost in our way, your way, or their way. I wish there was something. But folks, I'm not there yet. That authority hasn't been granted me yet. Sometimes when I'm asked, I speak, and I hope that it is God, and there's been good answers that have come. And sometimes I forget them. Do you know why? They weren't mine! But here's what I'll tell you. Can I walk in a hospital and pray over an individual who has cancer? And that cancer go away. Can I? You better believe it. If I go and pray over a person and they have cancer, is it going to go away? I don't know. But God is not bound by circumstance. God is not bound by the level of my faith. Now, my authority on this earth is absolutely bound by the depth and the breadth of my faith. 
but I cannot play God. But you must understand, must, that the beginning of all of this is believing that he can. And preaching, teaching, praying, sending, serving, tithing, loving, giving, as if he will. You pick that man up on his bed, you carry him to that house, you put him on the roof, and you drop him down on Jesus' head, expecting Jesus to make his body whole. And when you go that far, Jesus will skip right over the body, and he'll make his soul whole. He won't give him life on earth. He'll give him life eternal. Come on, act as if he will. My Jesus has authority over the word. My Jesus has authority over the mind and the spirit. And my Jesus has authority over that which harms the body. Own it! And for the next few weeks, we're going to read about that Jesus. And we're going to watch him do what he has authority to do. You bring people because we're going to give them a reason to believe. God, thank you for your word. I don't deserve, I don't deserve to understand or to have faith or to communicate. And I don't know why you use all of us the way you do. Today I'm thankful for two things. The authority of the scripture the massive amount of hope that you have poured into my heart and my body and my mind in the last couple of months. God, I imagine it to be like what surfing would be like. Just riding something that is way beyond me. Something beautiful and fabulous. And so God, I'm, I'm in. Let's ride. Thank you for everybody in this room. In Jesus' name, amen.